Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to another Please Cake story time. Today, we have a story about a man named Steve. Steve woke and he knew. The aches and pains of age were gone. His once degraded senses were firing on all cylinders. But most importantly, his right hand was no longer frozen by that vile infection he got so long ago. He knew it was weird to be excited by all this. Yet being able to actually jump out of bed, smell the delicious bacon and eggs his son was cooking below, and appreciate how the sun played on the falling dust in his room was enough to bring a small smile to his face. Then he thought about Shelley, and the smile widened. It was odd to be this happy when you knew today was the day he was going to die. He vaulted down the narrow and steep stairs that normally took him a good ten minutes to descend, and a lot longer to ascend, and ran into the kitchen where his son was busy preparing breakfast. Steve sat at the table, marvelling at everything around him. He noticed that the table was still set for four, He wondered why his son still did that. One was for his mother, Steve's wife, who had never once sat at this table or even entered this building. She had died long ago, an early victim to the vile spell plague that was released to end the war. His son, Oliver, had been only five when she died. The other was for his younger sister, Madeline, who had walked away from the family some two years ago. Steve had long been angry over that. That a daughter should abandon her ailing father and dump all of the work on her brother was a sacrilege. He had never been able to admit it before, but on this, the day of his death, he could. Not to Oliver, probably not even to Maddie herself, should she somehow magically appear on this day. But to himself, he could finally admit it was his fault she left. He looked at the table and all the wooden furnishings and fittings that filled this kitchen. They were a marvel of carpentry made by a true master and way out of keeping for the size and state of the outer building. They had all been made by his son, and they truly were masterpieces, and yet Steve had never praised his son for his work and their quality. He should have, heck, he should now. Even now he couldn't find the words. As Oliver set down the breakfast, all Steve could do was nod and grunt. They sat in silence for a while, munching food and sipping tea and juice. It was the normal breakfast routine, Of course, few civilized people would be having breakfast two hours after the sun had reached its pinnacle, but their line of work was one of the night, so the civilized normalities were always delayed. Steve did notice that Oliver was watching him a little more closely than normal. "'You look well today, father. Will it be today?' Oliver asked. "'Aye,' Steve replied. "'Then I will get Shelley down from...' Oliver started. "'No need. I will see to it,' Steve interrupted. Oliver nodded and got up and washed his dish." Steve noticed how he did not clean up everything else. That was odd for Oliver, but then today was going to be an odd day. For Steve, the day of his death had been written long ago. When the curse had first been placed upon him, and he had been given 70 more years, he had thought little of it. He was just shy of 20 at the time, and 50 years seemed like plenty. As he grew and found a wife and had children, his remaining time seemed short. When he lost his wife, he had wobbled for a bit, but his kids and his profession gave him joy. Then they had taken his hand. After that, his remaining years seemed a dark, empty chasm. For Steve was a bard. Music was his life. With his hand ruined, he had had nothing. Nothing had led to drinking, drinking had led to bars. Somehow he had managed to become owner of one. He forced his children to come help him run it. He had found no joy in the place or his family. The only slight joy he had found was in telling tales to the patrons, but it was not enough. For Steve, this day was about 30 years overdue. As the time of his demise approached, he had let his son know, for logistical purposes, the bar would be his and all manner of debts would be passed into his name. Steve had suggested that he sell the bar and try to get as close to a clean slate as his son could. 
Oliver had simply nodded. Neither of them had talked about Maddie. The afternoon passed. Steve had brought Shelley down from above the bar and had spent many hours oiling her wooden strings. He had not dared try to play her. Not yet. Next to him sat Samantha. He had never thought about just how beautiful Samantha was, for in his mind all he knew was that she was not Shelley. Worse still, Samantha only existed because of his almost useless hand. He had always thought that a negative, but really Samantha had been a gift he had moaned about ever since he received it. Samantha was an instrument much like Shelley, but where Shelley's strings needed to be plucked by agile and nimble fingers, Samantha used an elaborate and intricate spinny handle system. It had given Steve music later in his life, yet every tune he had ever played of it had been bitter and angry. Oliver had made it. Oliver who had stayed. Oliver who had walked away from a profession he loved just to care for his father. Oliver who had used his skills to bring Steve's one joy back to him. Steve had never been grateful. All Steve cared about was that Oliver could not play music himself. A bard wanted only one thing from his son, a successor. What a selfish prick he had been. And then there was Maddie, Maddie who could sing. Oh, how her voice could fill halls and calm or excite the hearts of man and beast alike. Steve had latched onto that and tried so hard to mold Maddie into a clone of himself. Yet all she was was a singer. She could play no instrument nor write nor conjure music as a bard must. In the end, he had hit her. Oliver had struck him back. After that, she left. Steve had been surprised Oliver stayed. As afternoon turned to evening and evening turned to night, the bar started to fill. Patrons noticed that Steve held Shelley and the word got out. Excitement filled the air. Would Steve the Bard finally perform once again? Soon the place was packed. Oliver buzzed around like a bee keeping drinks top top and fights down to a minimum. Steve simply sat and stroked Shelley. Then, finally, it was time. It had been 30 years but once again he found that connection to the magical river of music. Once again his heart and soul were full of the heat. His fingers hovered over the frets and strings of Shelley. The bar fell silent, for all could feel it. A bard was a powerful being, and tonight the music of a bard would once again fill the air. He played then, a new song, one of joy and happiness and despair, a song full of story, a song full of heart, a song full of warning. It was his song, the song of his life, the song every bard played at the end. The music left the confines of the bar, filled the city, the country, the world. His song would not be contained. Everywhere people stopped and listened. Some danced, some cried. Some embraced the music while I was cowered away from it. Far away on an isolated island, a large creature and a small girl and a teddy bear hid from the song. And even farther away, a large army of crustaceans swayed in rhythmic ecstasy to the song. As the song came to an end, Steve locked eyes with Oliver. His son, his only son seemed like a stranger to him, not because of the music, but because he had never cared enough to get to know him. As his son cried, so did Steve. He scanned the crowd for his daughter, but she was not there. More sadness. Then the song was done. The crowd, the world, stood numb, waiting. For a second, Steve alone was awake in the world. He looked at Shelley, a smile on his face. The music had been his life, and he had done much with it. Shelley was his and no one deserved it. He knew Oliver could use it. For an instrument like this, with the history it had, would easily set his son up for life. But what was one more selfish act in a flood of selfish acts? He threw Shelley on the fire. His music was done. He walked through the still numb crowd, walked upstairs, and went to sleep, never to wake again. Not so many miles away, on a hill overlooking the city, a figure sat. 
She was the bard's daughter, and on this day she wept. She had heard the song, heard her father's plea for forgiveness. That had not moved her. She cried when the song ended, felt the heat of Shelley burning. She cried for even at the end her father never truly understood, never found himself, never knew he was more than just a bard. With her last tear shed, she rose. With her father gone, it was finally time to go back home. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed. We will be back next week with another short story. Uh, please check out churchofkeiki.net for any links, etc., etc. And goodbye for now.